Welcome, investigator. Evil is on the rise. Crime is escalating. Our mission is to eliminate the crime by exposing evil, examine why it manifests, and highlight the brave souls that confront it every day. Join us as we work together to bring justice to every victim. Welcome to All Things Crime. Here's your host, Jared Bradley. I, again, to play devil's advocate, from what I've seen and how the police are treated and disrespected and just the the tension that is almost immediately there. Especially, I mean, it's worse in some parts of the country than others. And obviously, some of the cities around the country, I, I don't know how anybody be, is you know stays in law enforcement because yeah. those guys not only is there massive amounts of tension with the public, but they don't have any support from their chain of command. And to me, that's just, that's just a nightmare. It's just a, what a, you know, they talk about, you know, work conditions and a, and a toxic work environment, man, that's, I, I can't think of anything worse, but anyway, that, that aside, based on today's current atmosphere, when you know officers they're getting shot all the time getting shot at all the time you know i i think i saw the stat for the year 2023 there were only 300 officers around the country that were murdered mm-hmm. or, or you know killed and many of those during traffic stops and just simple you would think would be fairly simple police activities even you know issuing a warrant uh, turns out to be some of the most dangerous things that these guys can do. And so actually um, domestics. Yeah. Okay. Domestic violence is one of the worst because surprisingly, even though let's say a woman was beat to hell by her husband, when we go in to arrest him, she'll retaliate. She doesn't want him to go. It's almost the Stockholm syndrome situation. That's why we never went in without two officers separating both. Yeah. It's extremely dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I wouldn't want to be a police officer in a big city. It's a war zone. No, thanks. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. These guys, I mean, my hat's off to them, you know, and, and just two days ago was uh, National Law Enforcement Appreciation Day. And, you know, there's a lot of people that posted, you know, thanks for doing these things. But, you know, how many of us actually go above and beyond that? And, and really support, you know, the law enforcement the way we should. And it's just, sometimes I just, I am like, you know what? It's, you make decisions and you set environments and you create, how how do you even say this? You know, you, you, you create an atmosphere where it may not, it may not affect you immediately, but eventually it's going to negatively affect you and everybody around you. And I think that's kind of where we're at. And it's been, this stage has been being set for quite a while now. Disaster. And yeah. And I I tell you the if you play this out another decade, it's, it's not going to end well. And we, we've got to, we've got to end it now back to your book and, and why we're actually having this discussion. You know, I a hundred percent agree that People need to know their rights and by knowing their rights and, and the, and the deputies or the, the police officer also knowing his rights and what he's responsible for, you know, of course that you would think that that would lessen the tension and, and kind of deescalate the situation of, of where we're at. But 
you know, the problem is we have, you know, all these kind of instigators on the other side that are just throwing, throwing gasoline on the flames all the time. Well, let me give you an example of what you're referring to. And I refer to that. I write about all of these subjects in the book, but when I made an arrest, it was all about respect. It was all about this citizen has committed an error. It's not my job to judge them, criticize them, or condescend with them. I always approached an arrest in this manner. I'd say, hey, look, we've got a problem here. Let's go to Cascade and get it fixed. And invariably, 99% of the time, they would go from hands ready to beat me, and they'd turn around and put their hands behind their back. Now, can you see the psychology I used? Mm. Of course. We, you and me, we, yeah. let's, I didn't isolate them. I included myself as almost an advocate. And I did it with kindness. I didn't do it with condescension and, you know, the what younger officers, the way they approach it. it they, that's unfortunate. I started when I was 41 officially as a law enforcement officer. And as I relate in the book, there was a certain amount of humility that I carried with it. And I lived by the adage that humility is the catalyst that makes power benevolent. With humility, we realize that power is not in us, it's vested in us. And to to think it's of us, you know, these young guys go around thinking that badge weighs 30 pounds and their chest sticks out. With me, but by the but by the grace of God go I. I had had some of the shit kicked out of me through the years. And I was humbled and I understood whether it be drunken driving, believe me, I have driven drunk. And I'm thankful I didn't get stopped. I admit it in the book. But I was a very much an expert at DUI arrests because I knew they were an extreme danger to the public. And it was my job to safeguard the public from them. So it gets down to respect, kindness. Now, there gets to be a time when we have to use incrementation of force when it comes to dealing with some people. Sometimes they don't get it, so you raise your voice. And if they don't get it then, and they come at you, then you may have to use less than lethal weapons, whether it be OC spray, a taser. But too often now I'm seeing in the, in the public officers going right to their pistol. It's just madness. And it's not, lethal, uh, not a lethal situation. It's just they don't have the training, and it just creates huge vulnerabilities to the counties, cities, or governments that control them. And I point yeah. that all out in the book, and that's it's a combination of good stories that also bring into play how one should react with their rights in any situation. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, being actively inter- interacting with uh, not not only law enforcement but also the procurement and the financial sides of it. You know, w- which I do with my business. I find that. There are far too many, especially the larger agencies, and especially the ones that really don't get a lot of support. Kind of what is happening 
and and it's it's been happening for a while now is number one because of the work environment they they don't have enough officers period you know they're they're never really at full strength Uh, my understanding is like the san francisco pd they are at less than 60 they're like 65 percent strength so that means that for every 10 officers that should be on on uh, call or, or on duty uh there's basically only six to seven that are are really readily available that should be there so they got to draw if if they need 100 percent strength they have to draw from other people that should be sleeping but there's also the so you know there's underfunding there the the, the officers well, who wants to who wants to work for a department that in a liberal city where it's defund the police I wouldn't oh, yeah. want to do it. I'd go to yeah. a much middle size or a smaller county or whatever. Who needs yeah. that headache? Oh, I, I, like I said, I, I don't know how those guys keep doing it, but it's just a loyalty and a, and a love of their city and, and the community that ke- has to keep them going because it's definitely not, you know, the, the politicians are demonizing them all the time. And, no, and yeah, it's just crazy. But to my point, that a lot of these officers, because they're so stretched, they're stretched so thin just to have, you know, the boots on the ground and, you know, the people out there patrolling that they don't have time and they don't have the resources to send these guys to training and, and to get them, you know, well, I should say stuff, con- continuing training, they yeah. all have to go through a certain amount in order to be certified, but you're correct. There's always a continuation of training. And that's, that's what's lacking. Yeah. Well, but like you said, you, you know, in the academy, you learned lots of things. You learned how to fire your weapon. You learned how to, you know, do all sorts of, you know, even SWAT activities. I, I'm sure what I have a military background. And mm-hmm. so, you know, when I went through basic training, which I'm, I'm sure is basically equivalent to the academy, you know, you don't get really, really in depth of very many subjects because you know that whatever you're learning when you get to your duty station they are going to continue that training well in today's environment a lot of these agencies they don't have the 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 people the manpower because they're at at, like you said 60 to 70 percent strength they and your ability to take some of your workforce and send them to a training for a week or two weeks is you just don't have it. You don't have the manpower to do that. And when the, when the County or the city doesn't help with funding, doesn't help with hiring new officers and, and making the environment friendly enough, a workforce or or a workplace environment that is friendly. I mean, if (laughs) I, I, I get so upset when I hear about some of these things because if the if the same thing happened, what is happening in some of our police agencies, if that same, you know, toxic work environment existed anywhere else, that company would get sued, people would get fired. But when we're talking about, you know, the the police agency, it's almost like it's everybody just gets a pass. You know, the the mayor and the city council that are creating such a such a horrible workplace environment for these officers. Well, there's, there's no, no accountability on the politicians' yeah. part. That's the oh, problem. there's none. 
Yeah, you absolutely. see that in Congress, the U.S. Congress, they they allow that southern border to be wide open. You got criminal activity in the Biden administration and other senators and such, and nobody ever goes to jail. Nobody is accountable, and so they they feel that they don't care. We'll do what we want. They pass yeah. laws continually to limit the the right to bear arms, even though the Supreme Court and the the appellate courts are knocking them down constantly. They keep they just keep flooding their their uh, their states with these laws that are just ridiculous. Yeah. And so there's a lack of respect, not only for these police officers, some of it warranted, some of it not, but also for government in general. Yeah, it's it's a noble profession, and it, it's been demonized so much that I I, I don't know. It's 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 really hard to explain because I I don't think the people that are demonizing especially the law enforcement profession, understand the repercussions of what they're doing. Well, and, we're targets. As soon as we put on that uniform, the day we yeah. become an officer, we're a target in uniform and out. And that's why most of us always carry a weapon. Because yeah. like with local people, they know where we live. And they will, if there's a bad guy out there, they'll come after us. And we are aware of it constantly. We are targets. And it's it's unfortunate, but you know that was the times yeah. in which we, it's oh, yeah. always been like that, but not to the degree it is today. No, I I um, in 2020 when all those riots were going on, I have a couple of um, there's law enforcement guys, even Salt Lake PD, in that are live in my neighborhood, and during the during the riots right after the George Floyd incident, their their home address was doxed. Yes. And and I was basically like, you know what, brother? When you go to work, trust me, in this neighborhood, your family's safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's necessary. Lord help and, uh, anybody that you know that comes into our neighborhood with bad intent because there's uh, even even the guys that aren't law enforcement. The Second Amendment is alive and well in Saratoga Springs, I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's a very necessary thing. Yeah. Like Benjamin Franklin, I quote in the book a lot of people, but Ben Franklin was asked by a woman as he came out of the Continental Congress, what form of government have you given us, sir? And he replied, yeah. a republic, ma'am, if you can keep it. Right. And it takes a educated, vigilant, and armed people to maintain the republic. And it's being yeah. destroyed. Thanks for joining us. Your attention today brings us one step closer to exposing and eliminating the evil that brings crime to our communities. Hit subscribe and share this episode. Together, we will bring justice to every victim.